0: So it is a really big moment for Alexis and then to be, you know, for Moira to share screen time with somebody is a a massive compliment and it doesn't go unnoticed by Alexis. Um, And then for me personally, getting to sit on Catherine O'Hara's lap for, you know, the better portion of a day was a dream. It was a dream.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to EW Onset. I'm Shayna Naomi Crockmall.
0: And I'm
2: Patrick Gomez. This is a companion podcast to the sixth and final season of Schitt's Creek.
1: We'll be here every Wednesday morning after a new episode airs with recaps and exclusive on-set interviews with the cast and crew. This week, we'll be talking about episode 606, which is written by David West-Reed and directed by Donna Crochet.
2: We'll hear from Dan Levy and Annie Murphy and Noah Reed and Dustin Milligan. We've got some great stuff for you guys.
1: Just a reminder, if you haven't watched episode 606 yet, you should do that and then come listen to this or just prepare to be fully spoiled for the events of this episode.
2: And it's a really good episode. So go watch it. I guess let's start off with a really quick recap. We really get to see Alexis uh, start to um, have her career really take off because um, she has taken the crisis of the in-person croning uh, and turned it into a positive, saying that it was all planned.
0: To Alexis,
1: congratulations and thank you. The competition is eating crow. (laughs) Love your new best friends at Interflix planned all along. That is such like an Alexis and Moira thing to do.
3: On the one hand, you are perched on the precipice of a dream come true, and you can jump knowing possibly for the first time that you can succeed at anything to which you put your mind. And on the other hand? What other hand? Ted!
2: Being successful leads her to make a really tough decision Mm -hmm. um, to not uh, to not go join Ted in the Galapagos for right now and just wait for him to come back.
1: Speaking of tough decisions, David and Patrick have to decide whether to take Jake, who has come back into their lives, up on what they think is an intriguing offer but doesn't turn out to be exactly what they expected.
2: Ugh. I mean, Steve Lund, who plays Jake, is just— uh, We were discussing this before we started <laughs> the press record. Is it, he the hottest man in, 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 in Schitt's, Schitt's Creek? Creek?
1: I feel like he is certainly meant to be. I mean, he's doing he's doing a lot, and it's great. Like, he, every time he shows up, you're like, oh, I can understand how basically everyone wants to sleep with you. That tracks.
4: Yeah, well, it's just like his, like, whisper is, like, sexy. Hey, fit Hi. What are you doing here? Oh Wow, we're still doing that. Uh, This is my boyfriend's place. Fiance. Fiance. Yeah. I remember
5: where we met before. Stevie's apartment. Stevie's. Bingo. I'm sorry for not remembering. I meet a lot of people.
2: Like, I can, like, sense his pheromones (laughs) through the TV. (laughs)
1: He's so charming. It's terrible.
2: And, like, he was laying it on thick in this episode, but I think that he, uh...
1: I think this is just how Jake goes through life.
4: Okay, first of all, Jake is nobody's ex and everybody's ex. And second of all, going to Jake's for a drink is never just going to Jake's for a drink. Okay,
1: we're going to come back. Yes, we have to come back to that. We're getting derailed. We're getting derailed. Like Jake, like spiral and you never come back. Before that, let's talk about Alexis. I just want to say first, I think Annie Murphy is killing it this season. Like not that she hasn't been great before on the show, but there's something about... Annie's performance on this season of Schitt's Creek that is just stepping it up. It's next level. I love that she started to do more press and with the live tour appearances, but there's still always this moment from the audience. We saw this at an event we did with her like recently, but I've seen it happen in other places where I think people assume... Annie is Alexis, and that this is just sort of like... Well, because we
2: all know so many people, especially in Hollywood, yeah, that are it's Alexis. It's
1: believable. But in fact, they're very, very different, and it, she's acting, and it is like this tremendous like set of choices, and I think you really especially see that in this season, because you see Alexis, who's still has this level of artifice and this level of performance about like who she thinks she's supposed to be and how people are going to react to her and you see her like really continue to grow as a person in a way that i think really speaks to annie's skull
2: and so we actually spoke to the woman herself here's annie murphy's thoughts
1: the video goes viral you're yes. on the news yes. moira pulls you into the interview Talk about. I feel like this was such an important moment that I wanted to make sure we talked about because it's this real turning point for Alexis's career.
0: Yes, yes. I think the acknowledgement um, by Moira of Alexis's uh, proficiency at her job was a huge, huge thing for Alexis, and something. You know, her mother's approval is something that she's been um, striving for, whether she'd like to admit it or not. For 31 years. And I feel like this is kind of one of the first instances of of that. And so it is a really big moment for Alexis. And then to be, you know, for Moira to share screen time with somebody is a a massive compliment, and it doesn't go unnoticed by Alexis. Um, And then for me personally, getting to sit on Catherine O'Hara's lap for, you know, the better portion of a day was a dream. It was a dream.
1: After... All of the drama about her flight and why she doesn't end up going to the Galapagos right away. This is when we kind of got to this bad, hard news where Alexis realizes she needs to stay in Schitt's Creek. We spoke to Annie Murphy and to Dustin Milligan about Alexis's decision to cancel her trip to the Galapagos. So, in the midst of uh, Moira's Crow attack going viral <laughs> and like this great moment of success, um, Alexis cancels the trip to the Galapagos. Why?
0: Alexis cancels the trip for a few reasons, I think. One, she realizes that she's kind of found her calling and she's doing a great job um, at work for the first time as an independent working woman. Um, And I think she's also realizing that her family... Is counting on her, needs her in town. And she also realizes that her being there in Ted's work environment, I think, wouldn't be um, helpful to Ted. I don't think it would, she realizes it wouldn't really benefit either of them. So she comes to the difficult but very mature decision to to
1: stay. In episode six, Alexis decides to cancel her trip. How does Ted react to that? What's the, how are you feeling about that?
6: So, very, I think, uh, true to form, uh, Ted agrees. Mm. Ted, of course, understands, and he sees it. And I think, to me, that's what makes this entire relationship on this show so beautiful, is we are fighting for love between two people who shouldn't fit together together you know seemingly they're like oil and water and yet there is this attraction there and there is something as much as alexis is is kind of very selfish uh, with an edge a lot of the times uh and ted is kind of the antithesis of that both of them have this inherent sweetness i can't have you come here alexis you'll hate it and i'm not just saying that because the screens that i installed are actually attracting more bugs somehow but you'd be leaving everything that you're doing to come here and. I can't guarantee that there won't be another work trip that takes me away for days at a time.
2: Okay, so now are we allowed to talk about Jake? Are yes. we back? We can yes. go back down the Jake slide.
1: Yes, <laughs> which yes. Oh man, Jake's back.
6: This is one of my best pieces. Got great taste. And from the looks of it, so does David.
1: He built a coffee table for Patrick, um, and when he realizes that Patrick and David are together, he invites them over for a drink.
6: I was just planning on having a chill night in, but if you guys are free, I'd love for you to come by for a whiskey or whatever. Oh, okay. I'll
4: you be- know, you know what? We'll we'll think about that for a sec and see and see. Great.
6: Hope to see you tonight. Okay. And for what it's worth, you guys make a beautiful couple.
4: Thank you so much.
1: Which turns out to be a, let's call it a party, uh, that will yeah. then have a massage circle. A massage circle. And TBD following that.
2: Yeah. Um, we, of course, spoke uh, both to Dan and Noah about this um, hilarious situation that had me both like excited but also so cringing. <laughs> so we get to see Jake back. Steve mm-hmm. Lund, um, mm-hmm. who is always fantastic, but you also you give us this great dialogue about open relationships versus not open relationships, and sure. another drinking, drinking metaphor. alcohol metaphor to talk about sex yes. and sexuality mm-hmm. was that in was that intentional?
4: Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like in the last season of a show, you always I I always think it's fun to sort of give nods and winks to little details that that you've peppered throughout the series, and yeah, we wanted to we thought that could be a fun little. um, you know, reference back to the, to the wine analogy. And yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it's sort of seeing this couple continue to figure out what they want and who they are and what they need in the moment. Uh, And it's a conversation that many of my friends have had who are in relationships. And I think it's an ongoing conversation for a lot of people. So uh, it felt like an, an interesting area to explore for, for David and Patrick.
1: And who better to help them than Jake?
4: And who better than Jake, who's just let's be honest, an open door to literally anybody ways. and, and everybody. Bar. Yeah,
2: I love the moments where Patrick gets uncomfortable <laughs> because I think we all have been there in those situations. But I, the way you play those moments, I think, is is fantastic. Uh, this
5: this scenario is is particularly cringe inducing at moments. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun. Uh a fun thing to play. Steve is such a a hilarious man as Jake. He he really gets to access a, a part of himself that it's just great to watch and be in the presence of. And uh so he was he's he was pretty good at making me feel a little bit uncomfortable and very flattered. Um and uh and yeah, I I I don't even know. I mean, I think you know, for Patrick all of this stuff is like uncharted territory so like he's sort of you know through david sort of like guiding him a little bit Is like realizing that like mate okay there are possibilities that i hadn't really considered here and i mean is that something that we're interested in doing i don't know um super like uncomfortable but also a little bit exciting and uh <laughs> and then i i just love the the payoff of it is like this sort of this like dull thud. (laughs) We like, we realize that half the town has been invited to this orgy and we're like, Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, maybe another time.
1: (laughs) It was an open bar.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And there's Stevie (laughs) just, just drinking it all in. We'll be right back with more EW on set.
1: Welcome back. I appreciate that this show, you know, really makes a decision over and over again for them to get to be adults who are capable of communicating with each other and not just get stuck in this kind of like dumb, easy loop of jealousy and insecurity. And even, you know, even up until that moment where they walk into Jake's apartment, they're not quite on the same page about what they're going to do if this does or does not go the way they think it might. By the time they leave, they're like, okay, we're this is it. We're not here for whatever this is. We're but leaving. Is. We're leaving Stevie. Of course she is.
4: We were
5: just... just
1: invited for drinks?
4: I don't know what you're talking about. We came here to say hi, and now we're leaving. Mm-hmm. Can I not have one
6: thing for myself? No.
4: Anyway, we're gonna go. You gonna come with?
6: Uh I still have like half a drink left, so I think I'm gonna finish it here and then
1: meet you guys later.
3: No, you won't. No, I won't. Okay.
1: These are all adults. Like They're the kids of the show, but they're not kids. These are fully grown adults with sex lives. It's okay for them to figure out how to navigate that in a modern way without it also having to be a huge deal.
2: Yeah, and I feel like we have one of these, an episode, but shameless plug moment if you haven't listened to um, EW's Binge, in which Shane and I sat down with Dan and kind of went over the first five hours. seasons for hours, fantastic hours, um, he mentioned how much he doesn't want to go to those tropes of like a misunderstanding or someone's jealous for no reason and that kind of stuff. And that really, this is a moment that, like you said, shows that these are adults that are making adult decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, the one storyline we haven't gotten a chance to discuss yet is uh, Bob and his women, men slash the older
1: like adults yes exactly <laughs> shout out to Bob played yes. by John Humphill who you just told me yeah. was someone who was on SCTV and so has known this crowd of Eugene and Catherine for yeah. quite a while
2: yeah they I mean you know they always love working together with these people that they've known for years uh, and he is one of them any moment for Bob to to like enter a room or just walk across a room with his little Bob Bob
1: you can't see him but now he's doing like a little yeah. version of the Bob walk
2: <laughs> um, our producer Carly did one for us earlier today I mean anything with that Bob walk is fantastic also anything with Karen Robinson who plays uh, Ronnie I, shout I... out to
1: Karen she's outstanding I mean I just feel like her she's so droll droll yeah. droll how do you say that That's word, the word. Droll. droll she's so you can just cut this so it sounds like I know how to pronounce
2: things <laughs> nope I think leave it in
1: cool uh, she's so droll and so funny and so long suffering but in like in, in this moment is so generous and is clearly the only person here who knows how to go to a bar and pick someone up
3: look her name is Vanessa, and she has a very single, very
1: attractive
4: friend over there who was just telling me about all the trouble she's having with her car. Bob, this is right up your alley.
1: You know, I guess Johnny and Roland get a little bit of a pass for having been collectively married for, like, you know, yeah. years and years, decades. But um, Ronnie saves the day. Yeah. And that,
6: gentlemen, is how
3: it's done. Bye.
1: A lot of like intense emotions actually in this episode, like funny situations, but like underneath it, a lot of very real decisions being made. Adult decisions. It's so nice to watch a a comedy that's truly about grown ups.
2: (laughs) Yes.
4: wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam.
1: And now the Rose family celebrity name drop of the week. Why don't you go first, Patrick? What's yours?
2: Um, A Caroline in the City reference. I 100% will uh, always be here for that.
3: Thanks to your little attack of the Corfidae, we are Interflix's number one stream of the day. Tied only with the fourth season of Caroline in the City. God, I wonder if Leah
1: Thompson is a fan of Shit's Creek. I, I think hope she would so.
2: Be. Like, just having Moira say the words,
3: Caroline, in the I'm city. glad that
1: they exist in the same universe. This episode was a little thin on name drops, actually. Yeah, but what was your
3: favorite? Well, I, I was going to go with... They're all for you. We're not those. Those are from Joyce DeWitt. Love a Joyce DeWitt shout out.
2: If you didn't know who Joyce DeWitt is, go watch some Three's Company, because sure. it's great. So um, now we get our favorite... Uh, Moira Rose dialogue from the episode. You go first on this one.
1: Okay. I think actually from that same scene I love when Alexis sort of starts to kind of have a conversation with Moira about what to do with her relationship with Ted. What do I do?
3: What do you want to do? I can't leave now. (laughs) If you're worried about the flowers they'll likely be dead in a week.
2: I think this is the first time she's ever referred to Ted as Ted and not Theodore. Which is interesting. I noticed that. Yeah. Um, so like, interesting. I think it's because she was being in the moment with her daughter and yeah. very, very, very sad. Well, my favorite um, Moira line is from uh, the opening scene um, where she's on the morning show. This is the first time we've really had a taste of like the bigger outside world yes. on this show. Yeah, um, That was kind of really cool to, to kind of be like, oh, yeah. like I just imagine exists. some
1: morning show-esque producer having to figure out what is a Shits Creek yes. and where is it. <laughs> I love the setup in the motel and that you can tell Alexa is like waving those cue cards the whole time and it's predicted exactly how Moira is going to go off the rails.
2: And she goes off the rails, starts talking about the injuries which is my favorite Moira line where she starts describing everything and it ends with
3: Oh let me first assure your viewers that not a single crow was harmed and as for humans, oh nothing but a little wounded pride and one severed earlobe
2: Again, it's just like the words you hear her say, Uh, like she can say the word like earlobe in a way that just makes you laugh. Earlobe, I guess, is a little bit of a funny word regardless, but.
1: Especially out of the mouth of Catherine (laughs) O'Hara.
2: Okay, so that brings us to our final moments, the moments that made us laugh the most and cry the most. Uh, Let's start with laugh. My moment that made me laugh the most uh, was (laughs) Patrick uh, being flirted with and just like, Noah Reed's face throughout all of it because it was at the same time adorable and hilarious uh, and I mean one of the best lines of this entire series is that is a great sweater by the way really brings out your lips okay because he says it with such conviction, and that's what makes him sexy. He does everything he does with conviction, even this line that makes no sense. Like, it just, it was hilarious. Alright, funniest moment for
1: you. Okay, this was like a runner-up for my Moira Rose line, so I will use it here, which is they're asking about co-stars, and I can't be expected to remember everyone I meet. I mean, fair. I mean...
2: <laughs> but your co-stars are not people you just met, girl. Exactly.
1: So that, what I would say, would be probably my biggest actual laugh-out-loud, like, sputtering laughter in the and moment whenever, of it.
2: The, the title of the article she's doing, the interview for is hilarious too. It's like
1: the 10 glorious <laughs> Claire Mandrake accidents from the film. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, that was good. Most heartfelt. Ugh,
2: I mean, I have to go with Moira choosing to share the spotlight with Alexis in that at the end of that mm. opening.
3: Excuse me, but I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge my daughter, Alexis oh, Rose. Yeah. This whole PR coup d'etat never would have happened without her.
2: This is a woman who loves the spotlight and now she is so open and willing to share her spotlight with her children. It's really
6: touching.
1: It's true. How about for you? I mean, I think it has to sort of be that conversation between Ted and Alexis at the end.
6: Don't get me wrong. I want you here so bad, but I know you. And no matter how many juicers I buy, this place just won't feel like home.
1: He's acknowledging in a more direct and less sort of funny way that the living conditions there would have been really, really tough for her. And I think he can tell would have been like a real source of conflict. And Well,
2: it's almost like Gift of the Magi a little bit where like Mm -hmm. they both are willing to make the sacrifices necessary, but at the same time don't want the other person to have to do that.
1: A person who understands that I would not be happier when there are more bugs is a person who I understand how to love. (laughs) So Ted and Alexis— I feel like their love for each other shines on even even when the Galapagos is being very complicated.
2: Very complicated. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we will be back with more Onset interviews and our own insights and commentary. Um, so definitely continue to like and subscribe and comment. Shana, where can they find you?
1: At Shayna Naomi.
2: And I am at Patrick Gomez LA. Uh, and But that's it for us this week. So thank you guys so much.
1: Thank you. This has been EW Onset.